When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Hello, hello. Welcome into another episode of At The Turn. Anthony Kim going to live? Nick goes to Orlando. And once again, golfers are very mad. Nick, how was the Sunshine State? The PGA show in Orlando was, it was good. It's always good to get some like mid 70 degree days in January when you're um, leaving New England and leaving snow behind. Uh, I kept checking our security cameras and it's just front yard is caked with snow. I'm out there in a t-shirt and the sun. Uh, I had had a little bit of sunburn on my face for a day or so. So it was, uh, it was a nice change of pace for January. Well, we're going to get a full debrief from Nicholas Remember to rate and review at the turn on Apple Podcasts, wherever you may listen. We have a promo going right now with our dear friends over at Piper Golf. Leave a new review on Apple Podcasts with how many cuts Tiger Woods is going to make in 2023. If you are correct, it doesn't matter. All you have to do is predict how many cuts Tiger is going to make in 2023 and you're automatically entered to win a box of piper golf balls and you'll be ready for the season that's right that's all you got to do and nick says don't predict more than four cuts made otherwise you're you're probably not going to win it would just be it would just be a silly pick um speaking of silly picks joe i know we're not any longer pumping up the survivor pool i know you've bowed out of this thing but I've forgotten it existed. I've I've, I've, I've been out for three ahead. weeks now. I've I've put my research in. I've made I've made my own unique picks each and every week. I've advanced. I picked a winner. I picked a winner one week. Um, 
Gavin wait, picked, you, wait you I did picked John Rom. He won. Oh, Gavin okay. picked Max Homa. Max Homa won. Is that um, right? That's this is so true. My household is responsible for two of the three winners. However, Gavin and I are starting to have an issue with the oh, fact that the slouches who haven't even bothered to log into this thing once have now shits. skated through to at least the fourth week. Yeah. So these people not only have not picked a person. They are now into February in the Survivor Pool, and most of them have not paid me either. So I don't really know what to do with these people. I know some of them. You know, I can Joe, call it a kick lot of them. them off the tour. <laughs> One of them is Brian Romy. I don't know what he is doing. Like, he has sent me at least six Instagram messages since the Survivor Pool has started, and none of them are, hey, Joe, I put $10 in your Fedmo account. I don't quite understand. What's happening? Again, I'm out of the survivor pool. I emailed again everyone this week to let them know they need to pay. I wish you and Gavin lots of luck. Maybe you and Gavin should throw some real coin on the winner at Pebble coming up this week. Yeah, maybe we'll think about it. (laughs) Speaking of professional golf, Sir Nick Faldo is out. He is no longer sitting next to Jim Nance in the booth. It is Trevor Immelman. I think a lot of people saw this coming. He is now the lead analyst for CBS. Frankly, he's in the driver's seat because of his only competition is Paul Azinger. He is leaps and bounds above him in terms of golf broadcasting. This was very exciting for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think he's really good. Number two, it got the old wheels turning. And it led me to listen to an episode of At The Turn, episode number 12, back wow. in September of 2017. And I don't know if I was on the strongest coffee imaginable. I'm, I'm not quite sure why I was so riled up, but it sounded like, I, I don't know. It, perhaps it's just strange to listen to your voice five and a half years in the past. You sounded different. You sounded like you had 10 hours of sleep. You, oh you, you were you were living in Hawaii. It was a different Nick Heidelberger that I was talking to. It was completely a completely different person. It's a much different energy coming from you. But we spoke to Jerry Foltz, who at the time was the LPGA on course reporter for the Golf Channel. Now, obviously, he's with Live Golf. But it was interesting because he spoke about Trevor Immelman and sort of where he thought he was going to be in his golf career as in terms of a commentator. So let's listen to that right now. Strictly uh, credibility with the viewer. When, when somebody said, and that's where I still struggle to this day. That's why uh, I, I like being a big fish in a small pond at times, because if I were out covering the PJ tour week in and week out and the next, uh, say Trevor Immelman, who's showing quite a bit of promise as a commentator now comes along. Well, he replaces me instantly because he's won a masters. He's played on tour. He's won, you know, he's won events and I haven't, I played 10 years uh, struggling as a as a mediocre web.com player and a cup of coffee from time to time on the PGA Tour. But what it is is nothing more than credibility. When when a viewer hears you say something, um, an average golfer of, of sorts, they might not agree with it, but they know you got the chops to be able to state that opinion. Uh, as a as a just a trained broadcaster, a professional observer, then you can never really criticize a player in in the eyes of the viewer uh, and 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 have the 
you know, the, the, the background to be able to justify saying it. I mean, everybody watches that, that watches golf on TV has an opinion why this guy's bad at this or good at that and what they shouldn't have tried that. That was stupid, but it's just, it's strictly credibility is all it is. So Nick, I, first of all, I, I recommend everyone go back and listen to the entirety of it. Cause it's almost a, a, a weird time capsule to listen to Jerry Fultz. Who's now with live talking about the golf channel, the way that he is, but in terms of a, television sports analyst and not even so much just golf but i guess any sport you can you can broaden this out does the accomplishments of a color commentator in terms of what they did in their respective sport give them more credibility in your opinion when they make comments or criticize people when they're watching them play never more than in golf like i i probably wouldn't care for any other sport except for golf because I don't know why, but golf feels more like you have to have been in the person's shoes to truly be able to relate. And they offer such good insight that the viewer wouldn't really know. Where I think in other sports, like if you know football pretty well, you can kind of pick up on a lot of things that the analyst is saying. But in golf, like, oh, he has to hit this at a certain trajectory because of the lie and because of the slope of the lie and because of where the pin is like, sure. If you're short-sighted, obviously it's one thing versus having green to work with, but like they go like five layers deeper than that. And I think to truly understand that and not even just understand, but recognize it like just from one quick glance and just be basically fluent in like that level of golf strategy and be able to articulate it to the viewer that quickly, you have to have, done it at that level you can't just pick it up through watching the game yeah i i would tend to agree with that but the person that trevor immelman succeeds at cbs makes it difficult for me to agree with that line of reasoning nick faldo is one of the 10 most accomplished golfers in the last 50 years and he was bad at the end of his golf career in terms of being a, a commentator. And I don't know that he was ever good. I think he was like occasionally quippy and would make an interesting point. But I never felt like Nick Faldo was actually giving me terrific insight into what it was like down the stretch in a Masters. Like if you're on 16 and you're over the green what you have to do to make sure that you don't make a triple and you keep it to a bogey. Like there was never that level of insight. Um, I do think that someone like Trevor Immelman is very interesting because he's sort of the balance of both things. Like his brother hosts a very successful podcast and is also like an on-course reporter. So the Immelmans are sort of steeped in the golf broadcasting world right now. Trevor Immelman has a very interesting golf career. Like he won a handful of tournaments. He won the Masters in a weird year. He won by like five or six shots just out of nowhere and has a green jacket and now has all this credibility. But I think he is a better analyst than he was a professional golfer. And something that Jerry Fultz also touches on in that interview is Brandel Chambly, a guy who won one PGA Tour event, who was probably the most articulate golf commentator that we have. So I think it's a little bit of both. Like Frank Nabolo is excellent. Um, Ian Baker Finch, excellent. But also Gary Koch was one of the best golf commentators who was recently shoved out of NBC. And he wasn't someone who won a million tournaments. He won a couple, but is just a really good commentator. So I think it's a little bit of yeah. yin and yang. I don't know. I mean, I think in my perspective, like I don't care if you won one or won five or won 10. I think just like playing, getting yourself to the PGA Tour is probably more than enough. Even like, you know, 
being in the corn Ferry tour, being at that right. level, like anybody who made a living playing professional golf, like for more than like 18 months, um, I think probably crosses that threshold of like, okay, yes, you, you can, you can understand what we're talking about better than probably pretty much anybody who's watching this tournament. Sure. So like, let's just say 600 people have won a PGA tour event in their life. If you're in that club, then yeah, you have legitimacy. You don't have to have won four majors to ascend to a certain level. Exactly. I, I think like at a certain point it comes down to your swing and not like what you know about the grain of the grass and, and the, the POA and, and this and that. Like, I, I think you've, you've passed that test. Bro, you see, you see there's some Anthony Kim to live rumors swirling this week. You see that? I, I see that. Um, I'm do you not, care? Well, do I care? Yes, I care, but I don't necessarily believe it. Like, I think that um, Liv is really good at getting hype and getting in the headlines. And this seems to me more like, hey, who could we, like, how could we get people talking about Liv? Like, hey, what about Anthony Kim? Let's just throw his name out there somehow, some like. Is, is Anthony Kim saying it's happening? Is Greg Norman saying it's happening? Is like, or, or it is like some random Twitter account saying they overheard a conversation and then like that's going in the New York Post. Like, uh, I, I'm not quite buying this. I, I'm thinking it's, it's more um, the rumor mill. So let's back up. Let's back get up. to the 30,000 foot level. Anthony Kim, first of all, He's our age, which makes me feel both young and old at the same time. Anthony Kim's 37 years old, which is is fascinating because he is like a Kurt Cobain. He is one of these figures that you only remember being incredibly young. So when you hear of him being a person that is your contemporary, it's a sort of startling fact. For folks that are unfamiliar with Anthony Kim, the, the elevator pitch on him is he was a young superstar, came out on tour, went nuts in 2008. To like 2012, he won a handful of prestige PGA Tour events, was a Ryder Cup hero, kind of what Tom Kim is now, but for the American side, and was also very brash. He was open about partying and living the life and getting in people's face. And in the, the, the one Ryder Cup that he played, he very famously went out first singles match and stomped Sergio, which, of course, American fans love. love so it. it's sort of the thing that American golf has been missing since then. Someone who talks the talk, walks the walk, but also doesn't do it in a Brooks Kepka way, does it in a way people that like follow golf like and is approachable. Right. OK, yeah. so that's Anthony Kim. This is from the New York Times article. This is what stirred all this up. A New York Times article came out about him this week from Andrew Kay. This is from the article. At some point during his ascent, Kim took out an insurance policy on his body. When injuries forced him to step away from the game, he began receiving monthly checks that reportedly would cease if he returned to competition. The payout, according to a Sports Illustrated article from 2014 that cited anonymous sources close to Kim, landed somewhere between 10 million and 20 million and was the primary reason, they said, for his prolonged absence. So, where Liv comes into all of this is if Anthony Kim was to come back and try to play in the PGA Tour, he would no longer be eligible to receive these humongous balloon insurance payments, but. If he played on the Live Golf Tour, he could still receive those payments and get a boatload of money from the Saudi Golf League. Okay. 
I got a few things here. Please. Number one, this this article is citing um, an anonymous source from a Sports Illustrated article in 2014. And like that's the that's the most concrete evidence we have to this insurance policy. Like the insurance policy is like everybody just accepts it as fact, which which this I myself do. I'm theory not, about Anthony. I, I'm not I'm not saying it's not fact, but sure. it's it just like the the. the the closest the New York Times can come to confirming it is an anonymous source in a Sports Illustrated article from 10 years ago. So, like, let's just not forget about that. Second of all, my understanding was not only would he not would he not get the payments anymore, but the insurance policy that, like, we can't confirm as actually exists or doesn't was for a career-ending injury. And therefore, if he ever comes back, he not only would stop getting the payments, but owe everything he's collected back because – it undoes this argument of a career-ending injury. Um, I could be totally misunderstanding that. Lastly, why the hell would this not apply to live? Just because, like, did it stipulate end your career on the PGA Tour? And, like, obviously, live wasn't a thing. So it wasn't like, yeah, I'm going to go play in this, like, other overseas tour, make 10 times more money, keep all of your money from the insurance, and, like, laugh them all the way to the bank. I don't know. But it just seems like... Um, we don't even know for sure what this insurance policy says, assuming that it does exist, which I do assume it exists. But why – how can somebody say that it doesn't apply to live if we can't even confirm other than an anonymous source from a sports list article 10 years ago that it even exists? Yeah, I mean that's a valid point. I guess what I would say is this. The live component of it is actually a very small piece of this article. And folks, I would encourage you to – read it. It does the best job of any piece I've read about Anthony Kim of encapsulating where he is, the fascination with him, why people are still so interested in him and hypothesizes why he is not a part of the current landscape of golf. People just have a tough, and to me, the, the thesis or the crux of it all is people have a hard time wrapping their head around the fact that someone could be 25 years old, be this talented at a thing, be so accepted by so many people, and then voluntarily choose to walk away. Now, there is the injury component to it. Obviously, that is part of it. But for someone just to voluntarily walk away and then also decide to not be a part of social media, not be a TV commentator, someone who has such an outgoing personality, and then the later part of the article does a fabulous job of sort of describing that when people see Anthony Kim, you know, quote unquote, out in the wild, that it is this thing like a Bigfoot sighting of like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. It's Anthony Kim. And it's sort of become a meme, Anthony Kim, which is unfortunate because as someone who has followed golf for a long time in, in, in American golf, he was such a specific figure that I haven't seen since or after. Like the comparison the article makes is Tiger Woods, which is, you know, crazy, but right. he is such a uh, anti spieth anti, I don't know, it, it, there's not even a corollary between what he is and anyone on tour because he is just a guy who is a dude and not sort of this phony pe person, you know, it's like. Max Homa, but like a guy who goes out and Max Homa's like a family guy and good on Twitter. So like that's kind of the closest we have. Someone who is actually like a real human being on the PGA Tour and successful. I, I, I guess Max is the closest, but he's just kind of a normal dude, whereas Anthony Kim was had sort of this Charles Barkley, Michael Jordan element to him of going out and partying and then coming out and shooting 64 and beating everybody's ass. Yeah. Um, it is interesting, like you said. Uh, that he hasn't participated in the golf 
ecosystem outside of the course. Like he could have, he could have used his fame to to stay in the game and, and stay popular. You know, in golf, he hasn't done that. I feel like if he was about to start competing in live tournaments next month, there would be much more like a member at his club who sees him all of a sudden grinding from like seven to seven would be like, dude, something's going on with AK. Like he's here every day. He's working out. He's back in shape. Like, you know, like we, we would know more than, I I don't know. It just doesn't, it just feels phony to me. Like this topic of conversation until I see him like, like, you know how the PJ tour was like, we're not going to suspend these guys until they hit their first tee shot because we're going to give them to the last possible minute to back out. Like until I see Anthony Kim, like, put a ball on on the first fairway at a live event. I do not believe this has happened. Well, and honestly, that's probably why he doesn't participate in social media or the golf ecosystem is because he knows that anything that even hints at a comeback, everyone is going to lose their mind because he is this figure that is so, I don't know. What's the word for it? He's so sort of sought after. Yeah. Yeah. Captivating, sought after, uh, uh, just he he grabs everyone's attention that if he was to, I don't know, play a practice round with Tiger Woods or do anything related to professional golf, people will go nuts. So I totally understand him just relaxing with his wife and being a millionaire and being happy with having his professional golf life being in the rearview mirror. I just think it's tough for common folk like us to wrap our heads around the idea that he would be okay with like like golfers got no closure on anthony kim i think that's that's the reason we're so obsessed with a potential comeback yeah that's the best way to put it um nick this is a thing i've been thinking about um what part of the game do you have a rational confidence about in a way that is unexplainable to other people. So what I mean by that is, do you stand over 40-foot putts and just assume that you're going to lag it up there to six inches? Can you stand in the middle of the fairway with a five iron and just know you're going to put it on the green? Like, what is the element of the game that you have an overconfidence about Yeah, that you just can't explain to people? So I love this. I love this prompt um, because I have had such a bad full swing like results in my entire golf career like i I fought a slice off the tee for like nine years like like a like a crippling slice off the tee Uh, right i've got that straightened out my i've got arcos now for the last couple years like oh yeah arcos says i'm like a 16 handicap but i'm like a 27 with my irons Like, (laughs) like it's so it's so bad um and despite all of that in my pursuit of breaking 80 this year, hitting some balls in the garage, Joe, I found something. Oh, I have you got it. A crazy irrational overconfidence in my full swing right now. Like I can't like a 40 degree Friday can't get here fast enough so I can start playing golf and just start pure in it, hitting 18 greens around. Like I feel so good with my full swing in my garage into a sheet that's hung up right now. Um, it's, it could be it could be deadly. Like I'm gonna go out there and someone's gonna be giving me all these strokes and I'm gonna go and shoot like 74. And they're like, you see him back and son of a bitch. And I'll be like, no, that's my handicap, man. I just got really, really good like one day over the winter. This is really exciting. And 
I can see it in your face. You 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 believe what you're saying. It's like if your NBA team, I know you're a big NBA guy, Joe. Like oh, the Blazers got, got, so got, a, got a really so good bad. draft pick and wins the summer league, and you're like, dude, like this is gonna be the year. Did you see their summer league? Like clearly it has no bearing on what's gonna happen like next June, but you are convinced on like August 1st that that like you're getting you're you're buying tickets for the finals. You're getting like really good odds on a championship run, all that stuff. Like you're you're so convinced. That's where I'm at right now. Bro, you have no idea how funny that is. I know we have a lot of folks that listen in Portland. That is literally the Blazers mindset. Like we th- this is not a joke. So the Blazers won the summer league title, I think like four years ago. And then I made a joke on Twitter that we should make summer league championship t-shirts. That literally happened. A local designer, one of the guys in the golf pool, by the way, yes. who has paid. Thank you, Evan. He made summer league t- summer league championship T-shirts and sold like a thousand of them. <laughs> so, so the good. Blazers fan base is what you're talking about. I should just um, go out there and wear Blazers gear every day. I show up to oh, the course. Totally. Um, yes. That's fabulous. My overconfidence. It's been this way my entire life. If I had to explain how I'm good at this then I think I would cease to be good at it, which is how I feel mostly about the game of golf in general. The less I think about it, the better I'm going to be. I think I'm, well, I don't think. I'm the best bunker player over five handicapper on planet Earth. I don't think, I literally don't think there's a better bunker player who's over a five handicap than me. I, I really don't. I love being in bunkers. If I get in a bunker and I don't get an up and down, I may not show it outwardly, but I am shocked and disappointed that I wasn't able to put that ball incredibly close. And here's why. And I don't I don't understand why everyone doesn't think about bunkers this way. Your margin for error in a bunker is enormous. Everyone thinks that bunkers are harder than hitting out of like grass or any other lie. You can hit like a foot behind a bunker shot, you can hit two inches behind a bunker shot, you can hit three inches behind a bunker shot. All you have to do is know how far behind the ball you're going to hit, and you can be off by an inch or two and still have a pretty good result. I don't understand why people freak out about bunkers. I think hitting out of sand close to the green is the easiest thing in golf, and it vexes me why folks don't feel this way across the board. So that's awesome. That's great. Um, I, I have seen you hit some really good bunker shots. I'm not even going to argue with that. Um, God, I wish we could get all the, the five and above handicaps <laughs> into like a skills competition. Wait. Let's go to Laguna Beach. But my personal problem in bunkers is like I, I, I feel confident in the bunker. Like I agree that it, it's, it's not that difficult, but I just come too steep and – it, it, it just never turns out well. Like mm. trying to shallow out my swing that normally is steep on every other swing, like when I'm in a bunker, doesn't work. And so I either just like essentially chunk it because I'm, I'm too steep to, to get that thing to go anywhere. Run. Or or I I try to compensate and I just skull it and like basically kill somebody on the, on the adjacent hole. Um, but no, I agree. Bunker shots are, are super easy. <laughs> okay well before we get to uh nikki's trip in orlando why don't we take a short break and then we'll ask him about mickey mouse this episode brought to you by progressive 
Whether you're driving, cooking, or doing laundry, Progressive knows the podcasts you listen to go best when they're bundled with another activity. Much like how their Progressive home and auto policies go best when they're bundled. Having these two policies together makes taking care of your insurance easier and could help you save too. Customers who save by switching their home and car insurance to Progressive save over $775 on average. That's a whole lot of savings and protection for your favorite podcast listening activities, like going on a road trip, cooking dinner, and even hitting the home gym. Yep, your home and your car are even easier to protect when you bundle your insurance together. Find your perfect combo. Get a home and car insurance quote at Progressive.com today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $779 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Not available in all states. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right. Nikki's got a little pink on his face because he was in Florida. Now, Nick, did you go to the PGA show with a goal in mind or did you just like like you were taking drugs for the first time? You just went there with an open mind and wanted to experience everything. No, I had uh, I had a goal. Um, I had a few goals. I had some content I really wanted to write and create um, for Golf Link. And I wanted to just meet some people behind some of these brands. Excuse yeah, me. Network, um, baby. Exactly. And, you know, kind of put golf in front of people um, and just see what what some of these brands are all about and definitely accomplish those things and, and more. So it was it was a good trip. So what do you think was the highlight? Like, well, first of all, why don't we why don't we back up? Yeah. What the hell is the PGA show? basically the is it? the industry trade show for the golf industry so okay. you've got every golf brand there not just the equipment but like USGA all the all the software companies the the the, the businesses that any golf shop or golf facility would utilize from your tea time booking service to your you know your golf carts um, your food and beverage apparel pro shop all that stuff Everything. they all come together all the PGA professionals come who run these golf shops, um, you know, people from the golf industry, media, anybody who has some you know, works in the golf industry goes there to set their their buying, 
their advertising, their marketing, all of that for the year. They try products. There's huge product releases right before. So you'd notice like Titleist, Ping, TaylorMade, Callaway, Cobra, all released drivers like within the last week, right before the PGA show. Um, that's no accident. So it's just like the the kickoff, almost the kickoff of the golf year. You set up your, your product releases. You set up your business um, at the PGA show. So what was the thing where there was always a crowd? Like was there, was there like a specific booth where it's like, oh, I, I'm trying to get in over here, but there's always 10 people deep and I can't get in. Well, the whole thing is like, I've never walked through New York City, but the whole thing is like walking through New York City. I mean, it's just like, it's crowds everywhere. I mean, the thing is yeah. massive. It's it's insane. Um, you you typically set appointments with these, you know, with the companies you're going to meet with. Um, I, I met with Blue Tees and it was like, I don't know, 10 a.m. On, on Thursday and there was like 50 people in their booth. And it was just like, it was insane. I told the guy, I was like, this is like a happy hour. Cause a lot of these booths have happy hour at the end of the day. And like, everyone just flocks to the ones with happy hour. I'm like, oh, it's like, course. it's like a happy hour with no cocktails. He's like, yeah, dude, this is, it's insane. Um, so they blue tees? were blue tees is a, um, like affordably placed range finder. And they've, they've released a few, a few more, um, products. So one of the things that like definitely stood out to me, there, there's two trends that really stood out to me at the PGA show. One of them is golf speakers. So, oh, speakers, Bluetooth speakers specifically designed for golfers. There's at least five brands who have put these out there. Blue Tees wow. being one of them. They've got they've got the best, uh, in my opinion. So it's like it's it's a, a big speaker, uh, like like any Bluetooth speaker you would have. It's got a big magnetic strip, so it sticks right to your golf cart. It's got a touch screen like your iPhone, like a glass touch screen that displays front, middle, back yardages, yardages to hazard, your driving distance oh. from your last drive, oh. uh, all, all of these golf stats. So it's like a golf GPS built in to your speaker. Um, you know, Bushnell, Tech, Tech, Tech. These brands make them where you hit a button and you get all that information. Um, Bluetooth took it to the next level. But it's just, it's, it's kind of fascinating to me that five, ten years ago, music on a golf course was like not even really that acceptable. And now like, not only have we said like, it's okay to do it, but like the Bush Nels of the world are creating products specifically designed for you to listen to music on the golf course more conveniently. It's very smart. I, I actually played golf today. We're recording this on a Saturday night and the guy was like random guy. I never met him and he was playing music and he's like, do you guys mind? And I said to him like, it's kind of weird when I don't have music now. I'm so used to people having music on the golf course, and I'm so happy that that's an accepted thing. And it's very smart that companies are finding this gap in the market and trying to make a speaker specifically for golfers that tells you how far that bunker is and is the golf cart girl with the drinks two holes away or three holes away. Like all this information yeah. is so important to us. Like it's great. It makes sense. It's important. The, my other big takeaway from an equipment standpoint is like all these brands that like when we first started playing and we had our dad's old clubs, uh, those brands are making a comeback. Ooh. So from Zebra Putters. <laughs> oh, my dad played a Zebra Putter for like 40 years. He's going to be so excited. Dude, Zebra Putters, I, I am here to tell you, I, I hit Zebra Putters for like 10 minutes on the practice putting green and it it feels like a premium putter. It is It sets up so nice. I played all the models. 
Um, they've got a blade. They've got a few different mallet styles. Look at the fang. The face feels so good. Yeah. It, it, it comes off so soft. Um, and those are going to be like the $250 price range. So like not cheap, but not your $400 Scotty Cameron, $450 Bettinardi. Um, but like a, a really awesome feel. Like if you have no idea what those brands I just mentioned are and you and you try those and, and Zebra, you would be like, why Why does this one cost $150 less? Um, McGregor Irons. Forged McGregor Irons. Dude, they are a thing of beauty. They look Forged. so so freaking good. <laughs> and I, I I went back. Like, I don't know if you're on Instagram and you, you see these like before and after of people uh, refinishing old school like vintage McGregor irons and like the before just looks like anything you would find at a goodwill in the after is just like damn like that is a beautiful iron like they have now released like a new version of a of a forged iron and it is so good it is stunning to the eye and again it's like two-thirds the price of the competition I think it's like $900 for a set of irons or $800 for a set of irons where wow. like the new tailor-maids are $1,500 for a set of irons. So it's like, why wouldn't you give something like that a try? Um, and the last one, that like just of the three notables, Snake Eyes. Um, we're, we're going yes! back. We are yes! going back. But but again, I t- and I talked to, the I think, the CEO of this brand who's now managing Snake Eyes for like 15 minutes. And he's like, everybody knows Snake Eyes. And if you don't, like, ask your ask your dad or ask the person who got you into yeah. golf and they know yeah. snake eyes um they've got everything from driver through wedges and like super low price like they've got they've got a forged iron for like 700 bucks for a set they've got they've got three lines of irons and like their their game improvement like essentially beginner irons are like 500 bucks but wow. they're they're legit like they're just as good as the as anything else out there and and their wedges They've, they've kind of been made their name as a wedge company. Um, they've got an adjustable driver for, I forget what the price, but like, you know, half, probably about half the price of like those $600 drivers, um, which is just all in all. My takeaway is like, it is damn refreshing to see like cool brands with really good looking products that like they're proud to put forward for significantly less than like what the tailor maids and Titleist are robbing us from every single year. Well, it's important because if they if those brands don't offer a product at a lower price point, then why would anyone be interested? I've got two questions, Nick. Number one, how difficult is it to find things for you as a left-handed golfer at a place like this? It's it's not great. Um, I play with a lefty I, I, today, a little teenager, fourteen-year-old lefty. I was I was I was thinking of you all day. Yeah. So I did I get a lot of right-handed putting practice. Um yeah, I bet. The, the the irons, like the irons they brought, I don't think any of those irons I just I just mentioned were there in left-handed. Like snake eyes didn't have anything. They had like maybe one wedge left-handed. Um the McGregor irons, just righties. Uh the zebra putters, they were all there. They had lefties. Um a bunch of putter brands had stuff in lefty, but like maybe one putter where they had like the whole lineup of their their right-handed stuff. Um yeah, so I, I actually I impressed a lot of people with my my right-handed putting stroke, which I think because to be honest, I putt cross-handed, but then when I when I putt righty, I I don't 
switch it up so it's the same grip i'm just going the opposite direction it, it felt supernatural uh so yeah it, it was no big deal i, I i'm know. used to the i'm used to it look i can hear our listeners right now and i'm just gonna say what they're thinking mm-hmm. have you ever thought about putting right dude i i i i said that to like at least five people i'm like i dra- i drain like four eight footers in a row right handed and i'd be like I might need to switch. <laughs> I would love nothing would make me happier than if you come to Idaho for the Corner Club Open and you don't tell anybody and you get over your first putt and you go righty and you drain it. And those dummies are just like falling on the ground because they don't know what to do. And all of a sudden, Nikki <laughs> has 27 putts around because he goes right handed. I love it. I love the idea. Well, one of the putters I was testing is a, uh, I forget, like, what's the name? Is it like the bullet putter? Whatever it is, that it's like, it's like a mini golf putter, right? It's just like flat on on both sides, and you bullseye. like the bullseye, bullseye. Yes, the bullseye. There's like some premium putter manufacturer. I forget. I forget even what, what it's called. They make a a ver, like a premium like CNC milled version of a of a bullseye putter, and I was hit it hitting it both ways, and it was Bro. it was. I was like, this thing. It's probably not the putter I should be playing, but like if I ever wanted to switch it up, like yeah, why not? But but no. I don't think I'll yeah. be doing that. Oh, I love the idea, though, of you, like after the first round of the Corner Club Open, having six tubs at the club and then being like, I'm, I'm, I'm putting ready tomorrow. I'm going to do it. The other question. I think I know the answer. Smoot? No smoot. Yeah. Well, we can't have it all. Well, no. I'm glad you had a good time. Is there anything else that we need to know about the PGA show? No, that's about it. It sounds like fun, man. I'm glad you got to go down. Yeah, it was good stuff. It's now time for our Mad Golfer of the Week. It's brought to you by Piper Golf. Patrons, does this sound like you? You shoot in the 80s or the 90s. You hit your 7-iron more than 150 yards, but you want to limit that slice or hook. Then let me suggest the Piper Blue Golf Ball. Get four boxes of Piper Golf Piper Blues for around 100 bucks. Four boxes, 100 bucks, using promo code TURN10. In fact, you can get 10% off any merchandise at Piper.Golf using promo code TURN10 at checkout. Stock up for the season. It's around the corner. It's nearly here. It's so Using promo code TURN10 at checkout at Piper.Golf. Nick, uh, I mean, it's almost golf season, right? Yeah. Like I said, I'm pure in it in the garage. The first good day I get, it's, it's golf season. It's over. It's over for you fools. It's over for Keith Becker. He's our Mad Golfer of the Week. We're going to Pebble Beach Golf Links, site of this week's PGA Tour event, inside of one of Jim Nance's homes. How much do you think Jim Nance makes a year? I looked it up yesterday. I bet Nance makes like, God, I'm so bad at this. I, I'm going to go with $6 million. Ten. Okay. That sounds right. Yeah, my first my first instinct was to say eleven, but I'm always like way over the top, so I like divided it by two, uh, and landed on six. That's not bad. People are turning on Tony Romo. Have you noticed that? Everyone loved Tony Romo as a broadcaster, and now people are turning on him. Yeah, I haven't noticed that. No. <laughs> okay, great. Who do you like in the Super Bowl? Ah, uh, um, gosh, man, it's so hard. It's it's so hard to say at this point, but I would say Kansas City. Oh. I love it. I do, too. Everyone's getting too excited about Cincinnati. Anyway, by the time you're listening to this, one of those teams is going to be eliminated. <laughs> that's, the, 
You blew Keith, our cover, Joe. Keith Becker is our Matt Golfer of the Week. Here's what he has to say about Pebble Beach Golf Links. Quote, we are an experienced golfing family. This is our first time at Pebble. We have three golfers that are one to three handicaps. I got to stop right there. Keith, we don't give a shit. Why does it Why does it matter that you guys are good golfers? Okay. I don't want to play with the Beckers. Nick, does this sound like fun to you? No. Okay. Back to Keith. Quote. At hole 10, the marshal put us on the clock and threatened us to play quicker. How do you get put on the clock during a casual round? Like, is the marshal going to, like, start hitting you with penalty strokes? He's going to find him in the clubhouse and make sure over their dinner that they're not signing an incorrect scorecard. Is he going to get DQ'd for signing an incorrect scorecard if he doesn't take that penalty stroke? Threatened? What, what, what is he threatening you with? All right. Oh, my God. Back to Keith. Quote, the group behind us had not been waiting on us on any hole. After paying $2,300 for four green fees, we had a horrible experience. Our caddies were elderly <laughs> and had a hard time keeping up. Bro, that's just ageist, okay? Yeah, that's it seriously is. That's not cool. It is a beautiful golf course, but there are so many other beautiful golf courses that are less expensive, and it is not just about a four-hour round. Now, I'll say this. It has become a, uh, a real hipster take. I think No Laying Up, great podcast, but I think they're a big like reason behind this the perspective that Pebble Beach is just like an average golf course on the ocean. Like that's sort of like the the cool take these days. And look, I'm not going to say like I, I really disagree with that. I walked Pebble Beach with my dad when they had to open there a few years ago. It's a fucking cool golf course. All right. Like it's it's really nice. It's awesome. The Pacific's right there. There's legendary holes. Uh, Jack Nicholas, Tiger Woods, and Tom Watson all won the U.S. Open there. So it's a pretty cool place. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's definitely very cool. And Keith Becker is your mad golfer of the week. I I, I I've got to um, address a few things here. Oh, um, please, Keith. Um, God, every single every single one of these people, I just feel like you're leaving out so many crucial details because because there's nobody there to cross examine you, right? <laughs> you you put up your side of the story, and then right. nobody ever asks you about it. Okay, yeah, so. At hole 10, they put you on the clock, and no group had been waiting on you the whole day. And you've got caddies, and the caddies haven't said anything all day. Like, clearly there is something that you're not telling us because that just doesn't happen. Caddies hanging on for dear life back there. Those those old guys. You're you're throwing them under the bus like they're the ones slowing you down, even (laughs) though you're not not slowing anybody else down. We are one to three handicaps. We're the Beckers. Exactly. Um, I I can't understand like if this is all like let's just pretend that what he's saying is true that would be super annoying to be playing at like a two hour a a four hour pace two hours per nine and paying that much money and like say you stop to take a picture and like the marshal rolls up and he's like no you gotta go it's like dude i just dropped twenty three hundred dollars for this for this round of golf like i'm gonna take my time like if you're spending that much money you should take your time and play slow and enjoy it and take in the views and take pictures and all that stuff because number one, it's a shitload of money. Number two, it's for most people. I'm not sure about the Beckers. It's like a once in a lifetime experience. Oh, yeah. You're not, you're not doing that every single year or like every few years. It's like, okay, crossed it off, paid my $600 and, and now we're on to something else. Um, 
I highly doubt that's the case. I think there's a lot that Keith and the Becker family are not telling us about this particular round of golf and why they were put on the court on the clock at hole 10 and threatened with pace of play penalties. Uh, but we'll never know. I think they're an extreme example of what happens out there at Pebble Beach, but I do think it's too much money to play a golf course. It's like $600 to get yeah, out there. It's not cool. The Beckers did not like it, and that is your mad golfer of the week. Um, I feel like what happens is I hear myself, when I listen back to the podcast, talk about the theme song for Nick Rules. Mm-hmm. And I think to myself, you know what? One day I'm just going to surprise Nick, and there's going to be a theme song. I used to think that too. <laughs> have you have you, have you reached a point where you've just given up hope completely? Yeah, yeah, but like really? there was there was a while in there where I'm like, yeah, Joe's like actually getting close on this. Like we're, we're any day now, it's gonna it's gonna be the day. But now well, I'm just like, now it's just a bit. Well, when we started Nick Rules, I would say we we're probably a month into it. Your wife texted me and she's like, "You guys got to stop Nick Rules. His his head is too big. His his excuse his, me. His his ego is out of control." <laughs> Yeah, we sit at the dinner table, and I'm like, "Well, did you did you know the the ball accidentally moved at rest rule?" Yeah, it is time for Nick Rules, brought to you by Matchstick Golf. Use promo code Turn Twenty at checkout. That is a code not only for first time buyers, but anybody at any time to get twenty percent off. The floor is yours. So, for anybody who who watched the final round of the Farmers at Tory Pines. Um, there was a a, a rules um, non-troversy because, because nothing actually ended up happening. But the leader at the time, or or the the man who the the, the lead was slipping through his fingertips, Sand Ryder, uh, um, was in was in a tough spot late yeah. in the back nine, and he was in some real thick rough, and he he was pulling a club, and the club he like dropped it when he was pulling it out of his bag, and it landed near his ball, and he was very like. Oh my God, getting out of the way like a football player who was like receiving a punt and they try to let it roll. And they're like, holy shit, if this thing hits me, like I'm never going to see the field again um, type of reaction. And he gets out of the way. And I think it was Nance was like, well, if that thing hit his ball, that would have been some real trouble there. Lo and behold, like once he hit the ball, the real trouble started anyway. So it wouldn't really (laughs) have saved anything. But I thought, I know there are certain circumstances where you can accidentally move your ball. And it is a penalty in certain circumstances when it's not. So that is just a very, very long way of saying that's what I researched for this week's edition of Nick Rules. And in fact, that would have been a penalty. Um, Really? Accidental movement anywhere on the golf course other than the putting green will generally be a penalty. If you accidentally touch your ball with your club while getting ready for a stroke and that causes your ball to move, that will be a one-stroke penalty wow so if i have had too much makers in the golf course which was almost today not quite today but almost Mm -hmm. today and i pull my lob wedge out and it flies into the air and it hits my ball but i'm trying to chip it i have invoked a one-stroke penalty yes and i and it doesn't specifically say here because this wasn't pulled from the rules it was pulled from a usga article summarizing summarizing some changes to the rules um but i'm 99% 99% sure in that situation, you also have to replace the ball to where it was. Have you? Lie. Sure. I mean, have you cross-referenced this with the Central Texas Golf Association? 
Oh, I, I, you know, I haven't had had time to do that because I'm sure that's a pretty deep dive because I highly sure. doubt there is a rule on on moving your ball, whether it's accidentally or intentional. Wow. I, yeah, I did not watch the final round of the tournament, but I felt bad for Sam Ryder, especially because Rom didn't overtake him. It was other people that overtook him. Did you feel bad or did you not give a shit? I did feel bad. Yeah. I, uh. I, I couldn't have picked out Sam Ryder if he walked into my house before today. Um, but I saw him out there and he looked like a chill guy just trying to win a golf tournament. And I was like, yeah, I'm pulling for this guy. Yeah. And then the wheels fell off a little bit and uh, it was too bad. But, um, you know, Max Homo won, which is pretty cool. Yeah, everyone likes Max. All right, folks. So the the crux of this is if you take a club out of your bag, don't let it hit your golf ball on the ground. You're not going to be in trouble, right? Exactly. That is Nick Rules. What do you have coming up, Nick? This is, um, we're in February. Now, I don't want to get too excited because it's going to get very cold around here very soon. But I can start to see, I can start to see the spring ahead of me. Like I can, I can, I can see it on the horizon. And you're, you're, you found the key in your garage. Everything's happening for you down there. So. Are you going to be like a like a 11, a 10 by the time you get to Idaho in June? I hope so. I hope this is the first year we don't have to like give up strokes due to the seven the seven stroke difference rule. So every year I'm just like costing our team strokes before we even hit to the first tee because like if I'm not within seven strokes of you, they just automatically adjust my handicap to seven strokes more than yours. Um, so number one, hopefully like if if what I've been doing in the garage is any indication, like that won't be a problem this year. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. Hey, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Please let us know how many cuts Tiger Woods is going to make in 2023. And I guess we'll see you in February. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time at The Turn. the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.